Now, that was actually a nice little piece of music that I picked up myself. I do actually have it on um, on tape, and I was transferring it over, actually. I've had it for a number of years, Mike, and I was transferring it over to a CD, so I'm not too sure about the quality of the sound, but I think we got the idea. Michael, what was that song all about? Well, John, anybody that has ever been to Fatima will instantly recognise that. It's called The 13th of May, and that's to him the saying every night during the procession in Fatima, and, of course, especially on the 13th of May itself, it's... And that's the reason why we play that piece of music today, because the 13th of May is actually this week. It's on Thursday this week. And uh, so we said we'd speak about Fatima today. In fact, each month, uh, each week for the rest of the month, we're going to speak about some aspect of Mary's apparitions. This week it's uh, Fatima, and that's why Michael's here, to maybe bring us through a little bit of maybe background, a little bit about what happened, and maybe a little bit about the actual children themselves. So, um, Michael, the story... Uh, the, well, actually, now, just before we start, I know Pope Benedict is there actually this week. Yes, and I see. From the 11th to the 14th, and it's actually the 93rd anniversary. Yeah, that's correct. Because it happened in 1917. Mm-hmm. Well, the apparition started in, 19, uh, in 1917, but the story of Fatima started in 1916. Yeah. I suppose the first thing, John, is just a tiny bit of background. Background, okay where people would understand what was happening in Portugal at the time. You know, in 1910, John, there was a revolution in Portugal, and the Freemasons took control in October 1910. And almost immediately, they targeted religion and the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. You know, convents, monasteries, religious orders, they were all suppressed. And on the 20th of April 1911, there was a law passed separating church and state. And the minister that was responsible for this law, John, his name was Alfonso Costa. He declared that thanks to this law that in two generations, Catholicism would be completely eliminated in Portugal. He meant business. He really meant business. They were his words are not mine, John. Mm. But we'll see later on when he came up face to face with an event that came from heaven, John, how he got on. But it'll just give you an education because the government were very serious about wiping out the Catholic faith in Portugal. And of course, the other big event at the time, John, was World War I. Yeah, no, it was raging for years, hundreds of thousands and people millions, were being yeah. killed, yeah, millions of suppose being killed in the war. And you know, despite all diplomatic efforts, there was no end in sight to the war. This was nineteen fourteen, the war, the, the, yeah, the first world war, nineteen fourteen, nineteen eighteen. Okay. The Pope at the time was Pope Benedict the Fifteenth. Mm-hmm. And on the fifth of um, May nineteen seventeen, he issued a statement about the war. He called it the suicide of civilized Europe. And he asked the people to implore the intercession of the August Mother of God, the Holy Virgin, he calls her. Mm-hmm. So, now I'm sure that Pope John had great faith, but I doubt if he realised how quick his prayer would be answered. We'll see that in a minute when we go through the apparitions. Mm-hmm. So, and just one other thing about Fatima, John, and some things maybe people wouldn't think about is that there's a Muslim connection in Fatima. Yeah. Fatima, of course, was the daughter of the Prophet Muhammad. Yes. And in the Middle Ages, there was that particular area of Portugal was actually taken over by Muslims. And the young Templar knight, he fell in love with this Muslim girl called Fatima. So he actually called the place after this Muslim girl. So there is a Muslim connection there, James. That's there understand. Uh, well, there you are. Mm-hmm. OK, so that's the background. Um, as I just alluded to at the start of the programme, the story of Fatima doesn't exactly uh, doesn't start immediately in 1917 with the apparitions of Our Lady. Um, the children, that's the three children, Lucia, Francisco and Jacinta, they actually had another um, appearance to them. Yeah, prior to... Uh, prior to, wasn't it, 1916? Yeah. yeah. Um, now, we don't have exact dates for one very simple reason, that Lucy didn't know the days of the month, mm-hmm. which recognised the seasons. Okay. Remember now, at this stage, Lucy was only nine. Mm-hmm. You know, Francisco was seven and... Um, Jacinta was only six at this stage. They were very, very young children. Yes. So the spring of 1916, um, Lucia tells us that they had an apparition of an angel in Loco de Cabeza at the back of their house. And um, the angel taught him a prayer. He said, first of all, he said, Fear not, I am the angel of peace. Pray with me. Mm-hmm. And then he taught him a prayer. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. Mm-hmm. He repeated that three times, and he said to them then, he said, Pray thus, the hearts of Jesus and Mary are attentive to the voice of your supplications. 
So that was the first apparition of the angel. Mm-hmm. But the children said they didn't tell it to anybody. They felt this interior impulse not to speak about it. So then Lucy tells us in the summer of 1916, they were at the back of her house, at the well at the back of her house, and again the angel appeared to them. And he said, what are you doing? Pray, pray a great deal. The hearts of Jesus and Mary have designs of mercy on you. Offer up prayers and sacrifices to the Most High. And Lucy just asked the angel, how are we to make sacrifices? Make everything you do a sacrifice and offer it up as an act of reparations for the sins by which he is offended and in supplication for the conversion of sinners. And then the angel John told me usually, he said, I am his, the angel of Portugal, he said, I'm his guardian angel. So if Portugal, John, has a guardian mm. angel, Ireland has a guardian yes, angel. Yes, yes. You can pray for the protection of that guardian angel. That's a very nice thought. You know, a and one thing I never thought of a country having a guardian angel until I read this, John, it's like I'm across this in Fatima. Mm. And so, so that was the second one yeah. um, so now, by the, the angel. The third apparition okay. did, took place in the autumn of 1916. And again, the angel appeared at Loco de Cabeza. And this time, the angel appeared holding in his hands a chalice surmounted by a horse from which drops of blood were falling into the chalice. These are Lucia's words now. Mm. And she said, leaving the chalice and the horse suspended in the air, he prostrated himself on the ground and he taught him a prayer again. Now, the prayer is long. I can't be gone you know, through the whole thing, John. But mm. he gave Lucia the host and he gave the contents of the chalice to Francisco and Jacinta. And the reason he couldn't give the host to Francisco and Jacinta was that they didn't have, um, they hadn't received their first communion, John. They were that young. You know. Yeah. So it, and I, in fact, I was reading somewhere there uh, when, when just um, that Lucia actually, I think Lucia met her Holy Commun- first Holy Communion when she was six, when she was six that's or seven. Correct, yeah, yeah. The parish priest decided, or, interv- or the curate, I think, intervened and said, listen, yeah. I think she's... Father Cruz, he intervened, yeah. She was so well right. up on a catechism. That's right. Yeah. So and they thought that... Uh, and he told him, the angel then told him, he said, take and drink the body and blood of Jesus Christ, horribly outraged by ungrateful men. Repair their crimes and console your God. So we have a wonderful teaching here in the Eucharist. And mm. in that part of Portugal, John, a lot of children received their first communion at that spot up in, in Loco de Cabeza. Now, there's no church there, it's just the rock where the angel appeared, because mm. that's where the angel brought you know, the, the chalice and the host to, to Lucy and Francesco and Jacinta. Yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I was fortunate enough to be there twice, uh, and certainly one does get that feeling when you're at that spot mm-hmm. and recognise what happened at that particular time, you know. And of course, the thought always goes through my mind, you know, that these are young children, mm-hmm. and there's an angel, some heavenly being coming and speaking and conversing with them. What went through their mind? It's oh. awesome, yeah. But of course, it had a big effect in their lives. Of life, course, too. a massive effect. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, so, and then I, I believe that's really the last time then that, they, that the children actually saw the angel yeah, of peace. Well, see, the angel was preparing them for the yeah. following year, for mm. 1917. So then we come to 1917, and uh, I, I, the, the apparitions, um, there were six apparitions, isn't that right, from May the 13th through to October the 13th? That's correct, yeah. Now, May the 13th, it was on a Sunday, and they were minding their children in a place called the Cova Diary. Mm. And the Cova Diary, John, means the Cova of Peace. Mm-hmm. That's the meaning of it. It was a little place where the kind of, uh, what we might call, I suppose, in farming terms, a commonage, you know, where people graze their sheep to the area, but they would see his father owned a little share of it. And next thing, this beautiful lady appeared in front of them. And she said, do not be afraid, I will do you no harm. And Lucy said, where are you from? Very simple question for a child to ask, of course. Mm. I am from heaven. And Lucy said, what do you want of me? I ask you to come here for six consecutive months on the 13th day at the same hour. Later I will tell you what I want. And then Lucy asked another question, John. You know, only a child could ask these simple questions. Mm-hmm. Lucy said, shall I go to heaven? Yes, you will. Yeah, what a question to ask. And Jacinta, she will go also. And Francisco... He will go there too, but first he must say many rosaries. So Lucy, from what goes, she wanted to go to heaven. Well, you know, that's not a bad thought either, is it? Yes. And so 
That was May May the thirteenth, nineteen seventeen. That was their first That's occasion. Right. Then, when of course the, the next thing the old lady said was, she said, "Do you wish to offer up to God all the sufferings He desires to send you, and reparation for the sins by which He is offended, and supplication for the conversion of sinners?" And you see, he said, "Yes, we do." She said, "Go in. You will have much to suffer, for the grace of God will be your comfort." So the children would be prepared here, John, for suffering. You know, that was being made very clear by a lady. They would have to suffer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then our lady said, Say the rosary every day in order to obtain peace for the world and an end to the war. Now, John, here was the Pope's answer. Yeah. The 5th mm-hmm. of May, the Pope implored the people to seek our lady's inter- you know, intervention mm-hmm, in the war. Mm-hmm. Eight days later, she appears in Fatima and she gives a very simple answer. So simple. Nobody yeah. touched. Yes, yes. <laughs> Say the rosary every day to bring an end to the war. And um, it's incredible, John, that the rosary could stop World War One. Isn't it something to reflect on? It is something to think about, definitely. It certainly it is. is. Okay. And then, is that, uh, that was May the 13th? That was May the 13th. May the 13th. Yeah. Okay. So then we moved on then to June the 13th, 1917. Yeah. Second apparition in June Fatima. June the 13th, the Feast of St. Anthony, which was a big feast there. In Portugal, because St. Anthony, of course, was born in Lisbon, and the Portuguese consider him their saint, even though the Italians consider him their saint as well. Well, of course, the story is like yeah. that, uh, that he was born in Portugal, yeah. went to Africa, right. coming back, got sick. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, he was shipwrecked right. in Italy, and they said, ah, he's, he's he Italian, but he wasn't. Italy, he wasn't. Yeah, okay. He was Portuguese. So, yeah, okay. again, our, our lady had asked him to come on the 13th of each month. Yes. And one thing about the 13th, John, is that when our lady appeared in Fatima, there was a star in the front of her gown. And scripture scholars tell us that is the star of Queen Esther in the Bible. Okay. And if we read the book of Esther, we will see that on the 13th day of the month, Haman, he was one of the king's officials, he had a law passed to destroy the Jewish nation. But Queen Esther hadn't revealed that she was a Jew, mm-hmm. which she fasted and interceded. She went to the king told him the story that she was one of the Jews and the king reversed the law and on the 13th day of the month in the month of Adar it tells us in the Bible that the opposite happened the Jews were saved from the persecution Wow, there's so, a lot of connections here with Fatima, isn't yeah, there? And that's the significance and of the 13th you know, the and scripture the star. Have, yeah, and the star and, yeah, and the, the star, star of Queen Esther so if anybody wants to read the book of Esther in the Bible you will find all that John, It's yeah. in the Old Testament Yeah, now June the 13th, Our Lady said, the first thing she said again is, I want you to come here on the 13th of next month. I want you to say the rosary every day. And she said to Lucy, I want you to learn to read and write. Later I will tell you what I want. So each apparition, John, Our Lady repeated the importance of the rosary. There was no getting away from the rosary. And, you know, just to intervene there, just for mm-hmm. a second, you know, I, I mean, Our Lady said... Mm-hmm. Say the rosary, say every, the rosary day. every day. You know the way people sometimes say, well, you know, that was, that, that was the old days and so on. No, no, no. no Our lady said, yes. say the rosary every day. And again, at the 13th of June, Lucy said, I want you to take us to heaven. It's amazing. Lucy wanted to go straight up. You know, she was in a terrible rush to get to heaven. <laughs> and mm-hmm. our lady said, yes, I will take Jacinta and Francisco soon, but you must remain here some time longer. Jesus wishes to make use of you to make me known and loved. He wants to establish in the world devotion to my Immaculate Heart. And Lucia said sadly, Must I stay here all alone? No, my child, she said. No, but Lucia was in a hurry to get to heaven, but she was told, No, Francisco and the Tenta were going to heaven soon. Mm-hmm. Lucia would have to say a little while longer. And actually, John, that was 1917. Lucia didn't die until 2005. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so it's. Uh, yes. Yes. That's a pretty long time. Yes. It just tells us, you know, of course, in Scripture, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. That's right. It says, know. yes. And um, so okay. the next thing she showed him was her immaculate heart surrounded by thorns. And Lucia's mission, John, was to spread devotion to the immaculate heart of Mary. Her mission was summed up there in the second apparition. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you also give this prayer uh, as well? Um, oh, my Jesus. Forgive us our sins, save Forgive us from the, the fires, fires of hell, lead all souls, souls to heaven, especially expected. those in most need of your mercy. That's right. Did you say that? And that, that was in July. Oh, was that in, the in, the in July one? Yeah, that was in the one. Excuse so me. So okay. maybe people say that when they're saying the rosary and they don't know the origin of it. You know? That's right. 
But our lady asked them in the July operation, she said to say that prayer after each after each mystery of the rosary. <coughs> so in July, John... Well, just before we come to July, if you don't mind, I'm going to play another piece of music. I know this wasn't planned, but yeah. I'll give you a break anyway and maybe give the listeners a bit of a chance now maybe to take in what you've just said, Michael. Mm. And I've decided to pick um, a piece of music here from the album you gave me, Michael, which mm-hmm. is uh, Queen, of, Queen of the May, featuring Michael Nash. And I've decided to pick Ave Maria. So let's just listen to this for a second now, just to, just to allow what Michael just said, just sinking. Welcome back to the second part of Sacred Space here on West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley and I'm joined today by Michael Keating and we're speaking about Fatima. Took you a little bit by surprise there, Mike, because I say we thought we would actually be able to go through Fatima and the Gospel, but forget it. We'll be lucky if we get through Fatima with the whole program. So that was a nice little bit of music we played there, Mike, um, Ave Maria, uh, by the album Queen of May featuring Michael Nash. So before that, we got as far as June the 3rd. We were just about to come on to the third um, apparition of Fatima, July the 13th, Michael. Yeah, July the 13th again, John. Our Lady appeared again at noon to the children and... She said to him, I want you to come here on the 13th of next month. Continue to say the rosary every day in honour of Our Lady to obtain peace for the world and an end to the war because only she can obtain it. Again, she repeated, 
roads so you would stop the war then. Mm-hmm. But you see the big problem. At this stage, John, people had heard about the apparitions. Yeah. And crowds were starting to gather and ask questions. And Lucia said, I want you to tell us who you are and to perform a miracle so that everybody may believe you appeared to us. Because people didn't believe Lucia. Mm-hmm. And um, so lady said, continue to come here every month. In October, I will tell you who I am and what I want. And I will perform a miracle so that all may be- believe. So here we have the promised miracle for October, John. Okay. And if Lucia's problems were bad before this, this drove the whole of Portugal, my John. You know, <laughs> just, yeah. there was frenzy about this miracle. And we'll see as the months went on, like it increased, you know. Yes. Okay. So then Our Lady showed them a terrifying vision, John. And the vision of hell, Lucia said, you know, and a lot of people now question this, John. They say, why did Our Lady show three small little children, 10, 8 and 7, showed him hell, you know. Well, that's uh, a fair question to ask, I suppose. So, mm-hmm. I don't have the answers, John, no. but Lucia said, like, you know, the light seemed to penetrate the earth and we saw a sea of fire. Plunged in this fire were demons and souls that looked like transparent embers, some black, some bronze in human form, mm-hmm. driven about by the flames that issued from within themselves. You know, this was part of what they saw. Mm. And this, of course, really terrified the children, but it made them more resolute in praying for the conversion of sinners. Yes. Yes. You know, this was the whole thing with the children. Like, you know, Lucy's, uh, our lady said to Lucy, you've seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go. In order to save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. If you do what I tell you, many souls will be saved. There will be peace. The war will end. But if man does not cease offending God, another and more terrible war will break out during the pontificate of Pius XII. Okay. When you see a night lit up by an unknown light, no, this is a sign that God gives to the world that he's about to punish the world for his crimes by means of war, hunger and persecution of the church. So, John, that was... These are small children telling this story. Mm, yeah. Now, of course, they kept that secret for a while. They were asked by lady not to publish that straight away. But Lucy knew in 1939, when she saw this light in the sky, that World War II was starting. She'd known it since she was 10 years of age about World War II. Mm. And the secret, of course, John, the saving souls, our lady says here, is devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Mary draws people to Jesus, you know, and she turns people to Jesus all the time. Mm-hmm. And another part of that July operation, John, of course, was the prediction of communism. Now, Russia was a Catholic country at that time in 1917. Yeah. The Russian Revolution didn't happen until October 1917. But the children were told Russia was better ever throughout the world, promoting wars and persecution of the church. The good would be martyred, the Holy Father would have much to suffer, and many nations would be annihilated. So here's the prediction of communism. Not only did it predict World War Two. They predicted communism. But I believe Our Lady did add, in the end... My immaculate right, heart will triumph, yeah, she says, yeah. Russia yeah. will be consecrated to mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. you know, and an year of peace will be granted to the world. So that promise is there, John. And Pope John Paul II, of course, did consecrate Russia to the whole world. And, uh, I'm sorry, he consecrated the whole world to the immaculate heart Amer- to me yes. on the 25th of March 1984. 84, yes. And we saw the results in communism collapse very fast after that. Almost almost immediately after almost immediately. people want to trace it through. Yeah, and there is a little debate in that, John. Some people say it's not, you know, the, the Our Lady's request wasn't properly carried out. Lucy said it was. Mm. She was very adamant about that. Okay. <clears throat> so, so that was July. Yeah, there was a lot in the there July. There was a lot in July. And of course, when we hear about seekers, John, the piece about um, communism in World War II, that was held for a long time, you know. Yes. And also, of course, the bit about the Pope being shot. Yes. You know, the Holy Father had much to suffer. There was a little bit left out there. Yes. And this was known as the Third Secret of Fatima. And, of course, this became an industry, John, over the years. <laughs> it did, of course. There were more books written on the Third Secret of Fatima. Yeah. But yeah. we now know the Pope released it in the year 2000. That it referred to the Pope being shot on mm-hmm. the 13th of May 1981. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the Pope, should have died because the bullet went, was aimed straight at him. Mm-hmm. But for some unknown reason, it turned and went down to his body, went out to his body. And he claims the hand of Our Lady Fatima stopped that bullet. And just before the end of the programme, then we'll, we'll just connect yeah. up John, Paul and Fatima. Yeah, okay. So that was uh, so that was July. Yeah. I know the lad in it. Now, it come to August. Now, a bit yeah. of a problem in August, I believe. Yeah. The authorities had enough of this. Mm. You know, they were trying to eliminate Catholicism. Mm. And 
that's in India army to stop the people going there. That's right. Everything through force, John. So finally they made up their minds that in August they'd finished the whole thing. They arrested the children in the morning of the 13th. Yeah. You know, a few thousand people had gathered for the operation. Yeah, in and anticipation. the children yeah. were arrested. They were taken to the public jail in Villanova de Rheim. And they were held there for two days. Now, on one hand, the authorities and the police in charge, they wanted them to deny the operations ever took place. Mm-hmm. That was lies. And the children said no, they, they wouldn't give in. And then, of course, they wanted to know the secret. Everybody wanted to know the secret, you see. Yeah. So... They threatened the children, John. They, they frightened them. They threatened to boil them in oil. Can you just imagine? They separated the children. They took each one away. The children were ready for martyrdom. They mm. didn't mind. They were not going to deny the operations of Fatima. As young as what they were. As young as what they were. Mm. Can you imagine a seven-year-old, John, mm. being taken out, be threatened to be boiled inside an oil? And um, oh, they were ready to, to give up, you know, give up mm. their lives for the faith. There's wonderful stories, John, about this episode in the public jail. Uh, they were thrown in with um, thieves and murderers, mm. you name it, mm. the worst type of criminals. Yeah. Well, in no time at all, the children had all those prisoners down on their knees saying the rosary. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, you know, the power of three small children, John. It's awesome. <laughs> the, the, it seems that the, the man in charge of the jail thought that they had all escaped. The next thing he saw them all down on their knees. He didn't know what was happening. <laughs> So they were let go on, your, on the 15th. And because of massive yeah. crowds mm. marched in the jail to demand their release. Mm. And um, so shortly after they'd been released, Our Lady appeared to them again. And she said, <coughs> they continue coming on the 13th, they continue to say the rosary. She again said, a miracle will be performed in October. And she said, pray for sinners because many souls go to hell because there's nobody to pray for them and make sacrifices for them. So that, that that message of prayer all the time. It's constantly prayer, prayer, prayer. there, yeah, especially the Rose region. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's August. Uh, so August, there was a bit of a blip, yeah. but but it continued on. I mean, our lady did appear to them on, did, on, yeah. on August 15th. Mm-hmm. And then September the 13th. Yeah, this September is the, the, 13th, now, the fifth one. Yeah, the crowds had risen to over 5,000. Mm-hmm. Lucia said they could barely get along the roads to get to the Corva Diary, she said. And um, I think it's lovely to read what she says. She says, Every ailment of poor humanity seemed to be there. Some climbed up into trees and the tops of walls to see us go by. We tried to answer some of those people and to help them to rise from the dust where they were kneeling. It was due to some gentleman who kept a passage open for us in the crowd. We managed to move forward. And she compares it to the Our Lord going to Palestine, people going up in trees to see mm, him, you know, mm. with Zacchaeus going Zacchaeus, up in the trees. Yeah, yeah. But um, she, well, Lucy couldn't understand people kneeling down the ground before them, you know. She just couldn't understand it because, you know, she, she was a very humble person, of course. Mm, mm, mm. So Our Lady said in the October apparition, she said, continue to say the rose every day in order to obtain, uh, obtain an into the war. In October I will come and also Our Lady of the Dollars and Our Lady of Mount Carmel, St. Joseph will appear with the child Jesus. God is pleased with your sacrifices, but he does not want you to wear the card at night, only to wear it during the daytime. Now, John, this gives us an insight into what the children were doing. Mm-hmm. The children were fasting, fasting in the morning when they were going out to mind their sheep, they were giving away their lunches, and they were wearing a card around their waist as penance, John. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine, John, inside of having a cart tied around your waist and sleeping in that, you wouldn't get too much sleep, John, I think. No. So Our Lady said it was too severe. What they were doing was actually too severe. So she said just to wear the cart during the day and not at night. And of course, they kept all this hidden from their parents. That the parents knew nothing about these sacrifices that were offering. If you think, you know, I, I'm just thinking as, as you speak there, these young children again, you know, mm-hmm. able to do all these things, on their own without yes. their parents. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, they had a lady. I mean, obviously they, were, mm-hmm. they had a lady by them all the time, but without their parents and without any s- human support, should That's I say, right, yeah. uh, or human reasoning to, to reason that against it, it's yeah. purely faith. Jacinta, after the vision of hell, Jacinta non-stop praying for the conversion of sinners. She couldn't. Oh, she was so upset, you know, she couldn't bear to see a soul going to hell, mm. and also praying for the Holy Father. Now, Francisco's, was like Francisco prayed the rosary and he loved to keep our Lord company in the Blessed Sacrament, you know, to pray in the mm. church. 
and of course Lucy again praying for the conversion of sinners and spreading devotion to the Immaculate Heart. And we and we have a problem when somebody asks us to say the rosary for a few <laughs> minutes or the mass goes off a little bit longer and, and, and what these children seen and were performing they prayed the rosary all day, John, when they were minding their sheep, out in the fields, minding their sheep all day. They prayed the rosary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that was September the 13th. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we come to the to the last apparition. Well, this is the big one, John. October the, October the 13th, 1917. Yeah. You know, by October, John, what had spread to all Portugal? You know, 70,000 people, John, Turned up in the Corvo Diary on the 13th of October. Now, there wasn't any any helicopters there and there wasn't well, any... first thing was, John, it rained for three days beforehand. OK, so it was pretty wet. So they're inside pretty muggy. a big field. Now, if we put 70,000 into Cork Park, we put them in a three-tier stand, John. That's right, yeah. We pack them into, you know, fairly confined space. Yeah. If you put 70,000 into a muddy field mm-hmm. with no shops, no restaurants, no facilities, John, mm. only the heavens pouring down on top of you, you can imagine the scene in October. And these were all types of people. These were young and not too young, and these were the sick. The sick, John, they were brought in their, their um, wheelchairs. Yes. They were brought in their stretchers. stretchers yeah. uh, but not alone did the believers come, John, but the government officials came because the government changed their tactics for October. A tactic up to this was trying to stop it by force. Mm-hmm. So now the government heard of the miracle and they said, right, we'll let, the mir- we'll let them all go to Fatima. There'll be no miracle. And then that'll finish the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So all the government officials were there, the army were there, the police were there, and the media, John, at the time were there, which would be mostly, um, you know, the press. The press, yeah. They came from all over Portugal. They mm-hmm. wanted to report this miracle. And, of course, they were sceptical of it as well. Mm-hmm. So that's the scene for October. Okay. And at noon, our lady appeared and Lucia said an interior impulse she said to the people look at the sun she said and immediately John the sun started to spin on its axis it emitted rays of all different colours of lights like the, you know, like the colours of the rainbow and three times the sun came down on top of the people they were sure they were going to be killed they were sure to the end of the world you know people screamed for mercy John others tried to run to the church Others confessed their sins out loud. Mm. They begged for mercy at the thought. And this was witnessed by 70,000 people, John. Yeah, if you think, yeah. yeah I, I'm know, just trying to imagine that. Us, John, the witness of two or three sustains a charge. Yes. This was witnessed by 70,000, and everyone said the exact same story. Believers, unbelievers, sceptics, government officials, mm-hmm. you name it, John, mm-hmm. the, the press. Mm. And... You know, I've been to the museums in Fatima, John, and uh, I've seen all the photographs in the papers the following day, you know, and it's very impressive. And all the papers reported this the following day. But one very unusual aspect, John, was that this miracle of the sun was only seen for a couple of mile radius of Fatima. You know, the meteorological mm, yes, people that, yes. that monitor all these mm-hmm. things, it was not seen anywhere else in Europe or anywhere else in Portugal. It was only seen in Fatima. So there was no explanation. Nobody could explain it, John, because if it's a miracle, it can't be explained. Mm. And after the miracle, John, the ground which had been churned into mud was completely dry. Mm. The people's clothes were dry. And a lot of the invalids were healed. They were perfect after it. But just to, just to, just to remind us all again, just, to, just go through that actual miracle again, you know, because it, it's yeah. so... That the sun... The sun spinning in its axis. Spinning in its axis. And coming down on top of the people. Almost coming to... Uh, almost yeah. coming down well, and touching them. The people thought it was going to bond them up. And yeah. the people were witnessing this. And yeah, and this happened three times. When back in, again, this normal mm-hmm. position came down three times on top of the people. And you can imagine the terror in the people when the sun came down on top of them. Exactly. Yeah. And I believe straight after that, now immediately after that, once the, once the sun got back to its original position... Mm-hmm. Um, was the ground perfectly dry? Perfectly dry, and it had been a sea of motion for three days. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the sky was pure black up to tw- up to noon. Okay, Our lady okay. always appeared at noon, okay. and just at noon there was a break in the cloud. And Lucy said straight away, she said, "Look at this, look at the sun." Mm-hmm. One very unusual thing happened here, Jen. The three children didn't see the miracle of the sun at all. Is that right? They never experienced the miracle of the sun. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. No, no, I didn't. They saw a different apparition. Okay. Our Lady appeared and, uh, and St. Joseph in the sky appeared. She said, Our Lady robed in white 
in white with a blue mantle, Saint Joseph and the child Jesus seemed to bless the world, mm-hmm. for they made the sign of the cross with their hands. A little later, she says, that vision vanished and she saw Our Lady of the Dolors. Our Lady seemed to bless the world in the same manner as Saint Joseph. And then again she appeared as Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. we fear, John, are the joyful, sorrowful and glorious mysteries Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So, you know, that's what the children experienced that day. Yes. So yes, there's, yes. there's so much in fact, John, it's hard to grasp it all. You know. It is, and certainly, Michael, you've certainly brought us through quite a bit so far. Yeah. What I was thinking of doing, Michael, was just to play a bit of music again now to give you a break and maybe give us all a chance just to take in what you've said to us um, right, right the way up. If I could say just one thing, John, just before one we go to the break. Okay. Um, Lucy saw a lady, she spoke to a lady, and she heard the lady. Okay. Jacinta saw a lady, and she heard her. Francisco only saw her. Oh. Now, mm-hmm. Lucy was the main person that, you know, she was... To, to report the message back. So, uh, yes. She was to go to school to learn to read and write to record the messages. Okay. But it's incredible when something comes from heaven and nobody sees the same thing. Isn't it? Yeah, but Francisco always had to ask the other two what did our lady say. He never knew what she said. Oh, there's so much in it. Mm-hmm. There's so much in it. Thanks for that, Michael. Listen, I'll give you a break and give us a chance to reflect on what you've just told us. And I'll go for another um, piece of music again from your album. I love the album, Mike, here. Uh, Queen of the May. This time uh, I'll take one which I think is a, a choice of your own. It's entitled Queen of the May. So let's listen to this. Bring flowers of the rarest Bring blossoms of the fairest From garden and woodland Side and dale. Our full hearts are swelling, our glad voices telling the praise of the loveliest flower of the dale. Oh, Mary, we crown thee with blossoms today. Welcome back to the third part of Sacred Space here in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley, and I'm joined today by Michael Keaton, a very different program than we've had before, but I'm sure you'd all echo what I'm just about to say. Michael, there's a very interesting story up to now, and very touching. But I know you want to move on again now, so we've gone through the background, we've gone through the actual apparitions, and now what we might just talk about just for the next ten minutes or so is what happened after the... After the um, 
the apparition. So let's take the children. How, mm. how did I... Well, you see, John, the children were used a very quiet life in the little tiny village of Augustel. But after the apparitions, Augustel was never going to be the same, John. I'd imagine not. I think at one stage, John, it was being visited by five million people a year. Wow. You know, this was a tiny village in the middle of nowhere until Our Lady appeared. Mm-hmm. So... Basically, the children, John, they couldn't even pray. There were thousands of people coming. Everybody wanted to see them, question them. And little Francisco, he was only eight now in 1917. He used to hide up in the attic. He used to hide in the rocks up at the back of his house in Loco de Cabeza. And he used to go to the church to pray. And the only place he could find a little bit of space was in the pulpit. He used to hide inside in the pulpit. And he'd spend hours there praying to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. He used to call him the hidden Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And nobody ever looked inside in the pulpit. They couldn't see him. He was too small, you see, he fit inside in the pulpit. Wow, what faith. That was some faith, John. But Francisco, Lucia called him the little moralist. Because if he saw people offending God, he was very quick to tell them, in a very gentle way, of course. Mm-hmm. There was one story about a woman that was blessing rosy beads. And even though he was only eight years of age, he stopped us straight away. He said, only priests can bless those, he said, you know. But Francisco fell ill in December 1918. You might remember he was told by Our Lady that he would be taken to heaven soon. Yes. And he struggled on until April 1919. And this was the Spanish influenza, John, was the plague at the time. Mm-hmm. And on the 3rd of April 1919, the priest was sent for. And the priest got a terrible shock that, he, that the Bible was so sick. So he rushed to give him instruction on his first communion. And later on that evening, the priest came back and he gave Francisco his first communion. He hadn't received his first communion. And yet he was adoring Jesus in, in the, the Blessed Sacrament. For hours, yeah. So, John, it was to be his first and last communion. It's mm-hmm. hard to imagine it. Because the following day, the beautiful lady from the Cova and Jesus himself came for Francisco. And he died on the 4th of April, 1919. That's a beautiful way to die. And his remains were buried in the grave in Fatima. And in nineteen fifty two they were transferred to the Basilica of Our Lady of the Rosary in Fatima. Okay. And on the thirteenth of May two thousand, with his sister Jacinta, he was beatified by Pope John Paul II. And they're the youngest ever children to be beatified John in the history of the church. Yes. So that was Francisco. That's Francisco that so Jacinta? Jacinta of course was seven at the time now. She took her Mission very seriously, John. She constantly fasted, prayed for the conversion of sinners and for the Holy Father. That was her two things. The Holy Father was a big thing with her. She fell ill around the same time as Francisco. She got the Spanish influenza as well. But her struggle was a lot longer, John. Uh-huh. And Our Lady had told her in one apparition that she would die alone away from home. And at one stage, a Lisbon specialist came to the house and suggested that she be taken to Lisbon for treatment to the hospital. So the parents were in a terrible state because they knew if she went, she would die there. Mm-hmm. If they didn't let her go, they'd be accused of neglecting her. So on the 21st of January 1920, she entered the Dona Stefania Hospital in Lisbon. And she needed an operation. But there was one problem, John. She was so frail and so light that the doctor knew if she got an anaesthetic, she would never come out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to imagine and hard to believe at her age she had an operation without an anaesthetic job. So Our Lady had told him they would have much to suffer, so until Jacinta did suffer, John. You know, it would just bring tears to a stone to even think of it, John, having an operation without an anaesthetic. Such young, innocent children. Yeah. But Our Lady appeared on the hospital again and told her that she, she gave her the exact time she would die. And... That was 1920. 1920. So she died in the hospital, John, and one night she asked for the priest. And the night of February the 20th, 1920, so she wanted to receive communion. So the priest had her confession, but in spite of her insistence, he didn't give her communion, John. He said he would bring the communion on the next morning. Mm-hmm. But Lucy died, Jacinta died all alone on the night of February the 20th at 10.30, exactly as Our Lady had said. And there was one big problem. Her family were in Fatima. Most mm-hmm. of them had the Spanish influenza. They couldn't contact the family. 
The authorities wanted the body buried immediately because the Spanish influence was yeah. a plague. Mm-hmm. Word got around Lisbon that she was dead. The people regarded her as a saint and they came in their thousands to see her body, which shouldn't have been happened because they spread the plague. Yes, know. yes, yes, yes. This went down, John, for three days. I think at one stage a priest had to lock the body in the sacristy. There were so many th- thousands of people wow. turning up wow. to see the body. Wow. So she was um, exhumed. On the 12th of September 1935, John, her body was exhumed and it was as fresh as the day it was buried. And there are photographs of that available, John, her body after being exhumed. They said she had a red blush in her face. Wow. And again, she was moved to the Basilica and, of course, beatified in May in 2000. Okay. And then Lucia, she had a different mission altogether. She had to learn to read and write. She had to go to school. She went to a port to a convent. She was in two in Spain as a Dorothy and sister. But she eventually got a wish to join the Carmelites. She always wanted to be a sister of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. And um, she was moved to the convent in Quimbridge, where she stayed until 2005. And Lucia died on the 13th of February. 2005. Again, can't get away from the mm. 13th. And yes. her remains were removed the following year, a year later, to the Basilica of Fatima. She's buried now with the three children in the Basilica of Fatima. In the Basilica. Mike, I'm sorry for rushing your way there, because I know you had a pile of stuff to tell us, and mm-hmm. it, it, you're, you're, you're a mountain of this stuff. Can I just ask you just a few things just before we leave? Um, John Paul II's connection with Fatima. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, John, he was shot on the 13th of May 1981. There's, a, there's the first one. And he says... Our oh, Lady Fatima's hand deflected the bullet. Mm-hmm. The bullet should have gone straight through his heart, but he went down to his body. Mm-hmm. And in Thanksgiving, he went to Fatima on 13th of May 1982, mm-hmm. and he presented the bullet to the shrine in Fatima, and is now a jewel in Our Lady's crown that spot out every 13th in Fatima. It can be seen by the public there. That's right, I've seen The bullet that went through his body. That's fantastic. The other thing is, Michael, just a few quickies now here. Um, I've noticed when I was over there, um, there's a quite a few people on their knees that, that travel three or four hundred yards down to where a lady actually appeared. What, yeah. What's what's the story there? This is every travel agent's nightmare, John. They're all <laughs> afraid people are going to sue them for damaged knees. <laughs> yes, yes. But after the apparitions, Lucia's mother was very ill, and she had said all her goodbyes. They were ready to, to, you know, for her to die. And the sisters were angry with Lucia. They said, look, if our lady appeared, go down to the cove and ask our lady to cure your mother. So in her instance, Lucia flew down to the cove. Mm-hmm. She asked our lady to cure her mother and she promised to go from the road to where our lady appeared for nine consecutive days. She'd make a novena of it in Thanksgiving if her mother was cured and she'd feed nine hungry children, she said, and at the end of nine days. When she went home, her mother was up and waiting on him, John. Perfect. Wow. And Portuguese people have taken this to heart. Every problem they have, if it's an invalided child, if it's sickness, they go on their knees down that patch. And, and some of the Irish people are getting good. But I don't think we have the good knees that the Portuguese people have. No, but the, but the thing that I'd noticed when I was there, I mean, I was told that people come from all over Fatima. Yeah. Maybe walk, maybe hitch it, maybe whatever. Yeah, you see, the, the, the following happened John, in October 1917. The people walked for days. Yeah. This walking pilgrimage is part of their it's life of in, in Portugal. Mm. They walk to Fatima and then they finish on their knees. Mm. And they have the nuns there then to bandage their... Cut knees from the finish up. <laughs> I tell you, Michael, you, you had so much to tell us there now this morning. And I, I thank you very much indeed for enlightening us all. Uh, probably just two things uh, just to finish off. What's, what's the message of Fatima, Michael, with you? Well, number one has to be, John, say the rosary every day. Mm-hmm. Our Lady repeats that every apparition. You know, make reparation for sins. Offer sacrifices. And she said, make everything you do a sacrifice. We don't just be down on our knees all the time, John. Mm. You know, we can offer up our work, our play, everything we do. She said, make it a sacrifice. Offer it up to God in reparation for sins. And, you know, be joyful about it. And devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, of course, is the big one. And the communion of reparation and the first Saturdays, the five mm. first Saturdays. Our Lady came back to ask Lucy in the convent for that, for the communion of reparation the five first Saturdays. Okay, Michael, thank you very much indeed. Mm-hmm. And, and I know one thing I noticed when I was over there, uh, um, I think it was fantastic in all these pilgrimage sites, but especially I did notice it in Fatima, the amount of people from different parts of the world in their national dress, Koreans mm-hmm. and Africans and so on and so forth. Every but night the rosary is divided, you know, into about 10 is. different languages. Yeah, That's right, in all sorts of languages, yeah. and, and, and people uh, process around in front mm-hmm. of the statue of Our Lady, mm-hmm. walking around the big square. I know mm-hmm. I was there, I think there were three quarters of a million people there at one stage when I was there. 
Well, the other thing, the other big thing that happens in Fatima, and we might play out with this at the end of the at the end of the ceremony on the thirteenth. Our mm-hmm. Lady's statue is processed back to the chapelina. To yeah. the chapelina, and I'm going to go out with a bit of music here mm-hmm. now. But it's one of the most moving scenes that I have ever seen where everybody takes out a right. white handkerchief. Well, this happened during the apparition in 1917. When Our Lady was going away, Lucia would tell the crowd in that wave white handkerchiefs then. So when Our Lady's statues were back in possession, the hymn starts, everybody starts waving white handkerchiefs, and everybody starts bawling kindly. Well, I, the I, tears run down their face. Everybody, Jen. That certainly happened with me. And yeah. the and the other thing that I'd say, I, I was looking up to be there now last year, and I happened to see to just very close beside me now were young fellas, mm-hmm. and now these fellas were dressed as young fellas, mm-hmm. you know. But they had their handkerchiefs out, and I could see a little. Uh, they the had a little tear in there. Coming down the face. Yeah. It, it, it can't. It can't help me, Jen. The emotion just gets you, gets you there, you know, and mm. the tears start flowing, Jen. There it is. Michael, thank you very much indeed for that. It, it was so enlightening and so prayerfully told for us, and thank you very much indeed. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure, John, because Fatima is very close to my heart. So I'm going to go out and say uh, and, and play this piece of music that yeah. um, that it's I called "Farewell to Fatima" is the name. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's in Portuguese. I couldn't get the eyes version, but look, our lady will understand. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. I hope uh, you people out there in West Limit One or Two Land uh, enjoyed this sacred space this week. Uh, a, a very special one. Uh, next, okay. So next week we have um, Father Richard Keane coming to join us with um, with a person uh, who was with him out in Lewis actually there recently, and uh, he's going to tell us about their experiences in Lewis and the story of Lewis. So until next week, my name is John Keeley. Take care of yourself. God bless and bye bye now. <laughs>